Well, good morning. morning. It's great to see each and every one of you here today. Anybody else's power go out last night? Yep, I was was hoping and praying that like I had enough battery uh, so that my alarm would go off this morning so I could be here uh, (laughs) this morning. But but power came back on at 10 o'clock. But uh, my name is Andy. I'm privileged to be the senior pastor here at Troy United Methodist Church. A special welcome to those of you who are newer or visiting, uh, uh, maybe even uh, here for the very first time today. I hope you feel how much uh, we love uh, having you here today. Uh, But we are continuing today our message series, One Another, where we are finding out from God's Word uh, what it means to do life together in the church. Uh, And if you're here, um, even if you're here for the very first time, then you are at the very least a potential candidate for doing life together within this church family at Troy United Methodist Church. And and together, uh, we're trying, we're, we're striving to live out these one another commands in the Bible. In fact, I shared last week that um, in the New Testament, there are approximately uh, 27 unique uh, meanings of the one another, each other commands. So there are at least 27 unique ones, instructions. And, And the ultimate goal in following them, our ultimate goal in following them, is to be transformed. Uh, Be transformed ultimately uh, into being Jesus for one another. Uh, that's that's m- been my hope and prayer uh, for this five-week series. I know it's a pretty big goal, uh, but I know that by God's grace, uh, we can take some significant steps in that direction. Uh, so this morning, uh, I want to turn to the New Testament book of Galatians, chapter 6, to read uh, today's one another that Jamie already read. We're, we'll be looking at a few verses here uh, that she uh, read throughout this morning. So if you have your Bible with you, you can open it up to that. There'll be uh, scriptures on the screen as we go along too. Uh, you have your phone with you. You have access to God's word too. So uh, there it is. Um, but, but I want to start off with the main verse that I'll be focusing on, uh, uh, verse 2, uh, which is uh, a passage worth uh, committing to memory. In fact, it's uh, printed in your message notes, which I encourage you to follow along with. Uh, this morning. Uh, so let's, let's actually read that verse 2 that's in your message notes out loud together. Will you, will you join me in that? Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. One more time. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. I tell you straight up, if a church community can do this, other people will want to be a part of it. Um, The the church really will be the light of the world if a church community can do this. And and just like Jesus uh, said, the world will know that we are Christians by our love uh, for one another. Uh, Don't you think? but, but let's break this down a, a bit. I, I want to focus just on this, this verse uh, for uh, a few minutes at least. I think there are at least four important things that we can learn from this short, uh, sweet verse that lay the foundation for a challenge that I hope that you take home uh, with you today. Uh, but first, from this verse, we, we learn pretty straightforward that, that Christians have burdens. I, I know this, this comes as a surprise uh, to some of you, that, that Christians would, would have burdens. Now, uh, I know that our burdens, uh, they, they differ in size, they, they differ in scope, but we all have burdens. Uh, I found that, that some people of faith um, are, are really surprised by this because they think that if you have a burden, if, you, if you're struggling with something, if uh, you, you can't deal with something on your own, then, then, then maybe you're weak or 
uh, or your faith isn't strong enough, or maybe that you've done something wrong and that uh, you're not good, uh, a good enough Christian. And I really think that this stems from a false belief that I've encountered with people along the spiritual journey that they feel that if they have surrendered their life to Christ, if they've become a Christian, if they've started uh, to follow God, they've kind of abandoned living life for themselves and started living for God, then they think uh, that, that that should mean that they don't have any problems anymore. And that, that purely and simply is, is not the truth. Um, and, and so people operating under this false belief that um, when they start to feel like they've got a problem, something that they can't handle on their own, what, what I've experienced happens is they, they, they just kind of put on a mask and hide it because they feel like if they reveal that there are problems, then that means that they're not good enough, that, they're, they're, that they didn't do something right, that, that maybe they're not even a Christian if they're having a problem. And, and that's a lie. All Christians have burdens. And I, I lump these burdens into three categories. Uh, and, and, and the first category is represented right here in the context of this passage. Uh, uh, Let's look at verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. And then uh, then kind of our our central verse comes right after that, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. It's clear from verse 1 that the burdens that verse 2 is speaking of our burdens of sin and temptation and, and the consequences that come our way when we succumb to temptation. Um, so so this, this first category of burdens is what I'll call uh, burdens we create. Uh, these can include our own weaknesses, um, our, our own failures, bad management of what God has entrusted to us. Uh, our poor judgment, uh, questionable decisions, and, and even, uh, very clearly, our outright sin and, and disobedience to God's ways. Uh, as followers of Jesus, doing uh, life with one another in the church, we are supposed to help each other carry those burdens. Uh, and, and we're supposed to lovingly support each other, and as the passage says, gently restore each other when we stumble and when we fall. In other words, we're not supposed to point and, and judge each other and gossip about each other and, and write each other off and, and, and condescend to one another when we make bad choices. Uh, we all have these burdens of sin uh, that, that we give into from time to time that, that cause us and others around us problems and challenges and struggles, and we're supposed to help each other carry those burdens. I mean, seriously, can you imagine a faith community that, that truly supported each other like this when, so, when someone fell short? I mean, can you imagine what that would be like to, to not be afraid to acknowledge that you screwed up because you knew that your church family would come around you and, and love you through it and support you through it and, and, and help you? I mean, can you imagine a church community that doesn't condemn but loved each other enough to restore one another when we've sinned? That's powerful. What a, what a vision for godly community. Um, here's another category, uh, which this passage isn't directly speaking about, but, but the scriptures in general, they, they regularly encourage us to do this uh, for one another. And it, it involves what I call burdens of 
uh, a burdens from living in, in an imperfect world. Uh, there are burdens that come our way that we didn't cause, that, that just happen in life. Uh, burdens of illness and disease and tragedy, uh, uh, job loss from downsizing, uh, crimes, uh, sins committed against you, and any other thing that, that uh, can become a burden that is outside of your control. Uh, we, we go through life and we all experience these, these things, these burdens that come our way from time to time, and we need each other to help carry those um, in our lives. Uh, that's the second category. A third category uh, are burdens uh, that, that we carry for each other. Uh, they're the burdens that aren't ours, but we take on and call them ours as we love and support one another. Now, not everyone takes on these burdens. Not everybody has these. Uh, but it's my hope and prayer that after today that you will seek them out uh, as you fulfill the law of Christ. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, first thing we can learn from this verse is all Christians have burdens. And, and that doesn't make you weak or less than. Uh, now, the second thing we can learn from this passage, uh, again, fairly straightforward, I think, is that, that self-sufficiency uh, is a myth. Uh, I, I realize this, this kind of flies in the face of our rugged American individualistic society. Right? Uh, this is not John Wayne. This is the Bible. Uh, but, but it's important to be clear about this. Scriptural Christianity is not something that we do alone. It isn't. First and foremost, the Bible teaches us that, that we are dependent upon God, but that we also need each other. Um, in fact, much of the Bible teaches that the myth of self-sufficiency isn't, it's not brave stoicism. Rather, it is uh, a major symptom of pride. And a good case could be made that, that pride really is the foundation of all sin. In fact, let's look at verse 3 here. Immediately after our central verse, carry each other's burdens and in this way fulfill the law of Christ. It says, if any of you think that you are something when you are nothing, you deceive yourselves. Paul, the, the writer of this letter to the early church in Galatia, is saying that conceited self-importance has no place in the family of God within the church. It's saying uh, that, that a person who thinks he or she is really something won't, they, they won't help others when they have burdens and, and they won't admit when they themselves have burdens that they really need help with. And, and the truth is this undermines, it destroys community the way that God envisioned it. Self-sufficiency is, is not only a myth, it's a destructive one at that. Uh, third, we learn from, from this short passage, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We, we learn, and this is kind of a corollary to the second one, we learn that mutuality is God's plan. Um, not, not only is it God's plan, but it's God's command <laughs> for his followers. God, God designed the church to be mutually supporting. In, in other words, Everyone here really, truly needs everyone else. Uh, the, the most uh, kind of, uh, I think, the, the most beautiful, uh, clear way that the, uh, the scriptures talk about this is also the Apostle Paul when he writes a letter to uh, the early church in Corinth, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and he, he describes their church family as a body, 
a body that, that only really functions when everybody is, is a part of it. And, and every part is dependent upon every other part. You, you, you can't get along without everybody. And as followers of Jesus, we, we have a commitment to one another to carry one another's burdens. Like one part of the body makes up the slack when another party is weak. Um, but fourth, we can learn that when we do that, we fulfilled what Paul is calling the law of Christ. Well, what's really interesting about this phrase, uh, for me, when, when you study the rest of the book of Galatians, uh, Paul really, uh, he really uh, fires hard at the word, the law. Um, he, he, he really is talking about um, that He's sharing with the early church in Galatia, he's telling people that their salvation is not contingent upon the old law, the law of Moses, which is the Old Testament law, but that people are actually brought into right relationship with God, not by the things that they do, but by what Jesus has done for them, by surrendering their lives to him, putting their trust in what Jesus has done on the cross, that's what brings them into right relationship with God, not by following the, the old law. But now Paul is suggesting, though, that there is a law that, that is evidence that we are in right relationship with God. Um, and that law is what he's calling the law of Christ. And without doing a, a super in-depth study of the character of Jesus, I, I think the law of Christ could be summarized in what he uh, said were the summarizing commandments, loving God and loving others. That, that's the law of Christ. And we learned last week that, that loving one another really is the evidence of us loving God. Uh, so, so this verse is saying that when we carry one another's burdens, uh, that's evidence. We're actually loving one another and thereby fulfilling the law of Christ. Uh, but there's something else in this passage that I want to take a moment to teach on um, that really kind of throws a wrench in, in what I've already taught. And, and so I'm going to approach it uh, cautiously. It's found in verse 5. Uh, but I, I want to read the whole passage one more time so that we kind of see how it's all working together. Uh, but, but really, I'm going to be emphasizing verse 5 here. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If any of you think that you're something when you're nothing, you deceive yourselves. Each of you should test your own actions. Then you can take pride in yourself without comparing yourself to somebody else. Here's verse 5. For each of you should carry your own load. Okay, on the one hand, this passage tells us to carry one another's burdens. But on the other hand, it tells us that each person should carry his own load. So, which one is it? Well, in studying this passage, I think it's important to note that there are two different Greek words here being translated. And Greek is the uh, language that the New Testament of the Bible was originally written in. Uh, and, and the Greek word for burden, which occurs in verse 2, is... Uh, the word baros. Um, and, and when it's used elsewhere in uh, the Greek language, uh, it usually refers to like a really heavy load, uh, an oppressive weight, oftentimes that needs to be carried over a long distance. That's when that word is used. 
Uh, the, the word for load in verse 5, however, however is the, the Greek word uh, fortion, which is oftentimes refers to, uh, it's been used when defining like a ship's cargo or like when somebody's on a journey, it's, it's the backpack, the, the knapsack that they would carry on their journey with them. So, uh, so comparing the two, a burden and a load, uh, a burden is oppressive. It's too much weight to handle on your own. But a load is an appropriate weight that a person should be able to bear on their own. Now, this gets really confusing, practically speaking, when you begin asking the question, well, uh, what is appropriate for each person to bear on their own? Now, those of you who know my wife, or at least have seen my wife, um, Amy Jo, know that I'm a lot bigger than she is. I'm about a foot taller and about 100 pounds heavier than she is. And so, um, so not only that, but early, early on in our marriage especially, uh, I really, I kind of thrived off uh, showing my physical strength in her presence. Uh, it was just a thing with me. Uh, and and so, so whenever we, there was a lot to carry or anything like that, I, I would carry it all. And, and, and in one trip, if at all possible. So like us on vacation, we had these travel bags and things, and, and, and I'd throw them all on my shoulder. She wanted to use the wheels. I was like, ah, on the back. And so I throw it all on, and I carry it into the hotel or wherever we were staying. Or when we go grocery shopping, one of our early grocery shopping trips, we uh, like went to Walmart, Friday night, date, married life. Uh, and, and so we, we had it all in the trunk, and... And, I, and I, I didn't want to walk back and forth from the house to the, the car multiple times. So, so I like had six bags on each arm, uh, you know, just like the plastic Walmart bags up the arms. And I'm carrying them in like this. And I remember the first time I did this, she looked at me with a big smile on her face. She said, you're, you're my beast of burden. <laughs> and, and, and now she looks at me and says, stop doing that. You're going to hurt your back. Uh, <laughs> but, but regardless, the, the, the point is... Um, uh, sometimes a load for one person is a burden for another. Uh, and, and this is where things can get a little hairy. Because we're, we're caught between two tensions. On the, on the one hand, in the church, we want to help each other bear those burdens. Uh, but on the other hand, we also want to encourage one another to take responsibility to carry their own loads. Uh, and if we jump right in and, and carry what is a load for somebody else, uh, those things that we're supposed to carry on our own, then we can easily become enablers of, of bad behavior uh, and, and poor judgment, right? I, you've been there before. Uh, we want to help people grow in their maturity and help each other become more and more like Jesus. We don't want people to, to just kind of be at that same stage. We want to help each other grow uh, so that we don't find ourselves uh, and each other find ourselves in the same messes over and over and over again in our lives. So, so how do we figure out what are burdens uh, that we should help each other carry and what are loads that we should empower uh, one to carry on their own? Uh, well, let me just say that this is, this is difficult stuff. Uh, this is not science. This is not black and white. This is, this is uh, 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 an art uh, being attuned to God's spirit, and it's not easy to get it right all the time. 
Um, in fact, for myself, I found myself oftentimes leaning uh, toward one extreme or the other as options. Sometimes I'll just like uh, not help at all in a situation and, and let somebody kind of take it on their own. Uh, and in my heart, I'll justify it as, well, they should be able to carry that one on their own. Uh, or I'll jump to the other extreme and I'll, I'll, I'll dive in and I'll like be this savior who's helping somebody carry a load, right? And, and yet that can easily enable people to, to never uh, grow and never uh, just continue to make habitually bad choices. Um, th- these, are, these are the two easy way outs, the extremes. Uh, wh- what's a lot harder uh, to discern is that third way, the third way that I, I, I want to just kind of throw out there to you. And this is a way that within the church we can begin to help to carry one another's burdens appropriately. Uh, But also I find this very applicable to being a parent, uh, not just of little kids, uh, but but of adult children, um, as well as any situation where you might be managing somebody else or or any situation where you're trying to help someone grow and and mature. Uh, First, this third way, um, if you want to follow Jesus, it has to be governed by love. Um, if, if, if you are approaching this from a judgmental standpoint or a holier-than-thou standpoint, you have already betrayed the law of Christ, and, and you kind of got to go back to the beginning. Uh, it, we must be led by compassion and grace uh, when navigating the, these, these tensions. Uh, but second, it, you also have to be in tune to the whisperings of, of God's Spirit. I, I think uh, like I said, this is an art, and it really requires praying, asking God for direction in particular situations. And, and, and it might be the exact same situation uh, in two different uh, contexts and, and have totally different answers. So, uh, so listen to God's spirit. Be, being compassionate also doesn't mean that you uh, aren't also seeking truth. And if somebody is lying to you about their need, uh, or trying to take you for a ride, or taking advantage of your good graces, either knowingly or unknowingly, uh, then you can quickly fall into the role of an enabler. And, and this is what I mean by enabler. An enabler is someone whose actions, or even their inactions, uh, make it easy for the person they're enabling to continue making bad choices, or continue in habits that are destructive to themselves, and a lot of times, others. Um, but, but here's a good process to follow. I, I think at least, uh, when trying to discern how or in what way to help carry what you're trying to figure out is a burden or a load <laughs> for, for a brother or sister in Christ. Um, and this is why I gave you the different categories of burdens earlier. Uh, because the first step is really trying to figure out what type of a burden this is. Uh, is it an unexpected burden? A burden that comes from living in an imperfect world. In other words, is this a burden that the, the person couldn't foresee or prepare for necessarily or, or, or is outside of their control? Uh, then if so, if that's the case, then by golly, help in whatever way that you can. S- st- help a- anyway. I-, I was speaking with a longtime member of our church this week who's, who's a part of her story is that many years ago, her husband uh, unexpectedly left her. Um, he left her with, with uh, children and financial and, and health challenges, uh, just completely disappeared, ab- abandoned the family. That's a burden. That's not a load. I, I don't care who you are. Uh, that, that is a burden that you cannot carry 
just by yourself on your own. Uh, And the beautiful part of this story is that uh, this church family uh, fulfilled the law of Christ in every way that they could and came around uh, her and her family and helped to carry that burden. That, That was a burden outside of her control. But what if, what if it's a burden caused by poor judgment or, or sin, a sinful, like a choice of sin or just a pattern of sin in a person's life uh, that, that really is within the person's control? Uh, then this is the course of action that, that I'd suggest. First, uh, and I think this is governed by the law of Christ. First, uh, offer, grace. Uh, offer grace and support to the person in the midst of their mess. Uh, do, do what you can, but a, as you do so, um, and, and maybe, maybe a little bit later down the road in reflection, uh, follow up by, by helping them process, maybe reflect, uh, maybe you do it together, uh, reflect on what got them into the mess in the first place, um, and, and how they might be able to avoid that in the future. Um, if it's, uh, and a lot of people, a lot of people when, when it's not, um, part of, it's not a habitual pattern in their life. A lot of people, they'll know it right away already, and they'll acknowledge it, they'll admit it, they'll make corrective action, uh, they'll see it. But, but others, where it is more habitual, uh, it's harder to do this. But, but, but we've got to do this if we're going to help each other mature and become more like Christ, which is our role within the church family. Uh, for instance, if it's a, uh, been a poor financial management issue that, that has gotten this person into debt, and just paying off the debt uh, do, does not help them stay out of the mess that they got into in the first place. It'll just happen again. Uh, uh, but, but if you help them learn some tools for managing money God's way uh, and support them in that process, then, then what has been a burden for them in the past will eventually become a load that they can be- bear on their own. Uh, uh, maybe it's a situation where someone has gotten in over their head with commitments uh, you, you all know some of these folks. Uh, maybe you see that folk in the mirror every morning uh, where you just overcommit and then like, get overwhelmed with everything that's on your plate. Uh, well, well, come, come around, help, help get that person out from under their load, but maybe, maybe encouraging them to seek healthy boundaries in their life, to learn to say no appropriately uh, so that this doesn't become habitual. That's, that's a great way to help somebody carry that burden. Uh, maybe it's someone who's trying to pick up the pieces after yet another uh, relational heartbreak. Um, then, then maybe some good counseling is a way to help them kind of sort through and understand why repeated relationships are, are failing in their lives. Uh, maybe that's the best way that you can help them uh, carry this burden. Maybe you can't provide the counseling, but you can support them, encourage them through it. Uh, then, then the things that are re- regular burdens in relationships now, maybe someday in the future will just be loads that, that a person can uh, be equipped and be mature enough to handle in the future. Uh, of course, you, you might be able to uh, put this all together and think, wow, okay, uh, this process of helping to carry one another's burdens, gosh, that's, that's going to take some time, uh, some effort. Um, some emotional energy that, gosh, I don't know if I have. Um, and, and it's not a quick fix. Um, and unless, unless we're willing to do that for one another appropriately, uh, then, then we're not going to be able to, to truly carry one another's burdens. 
and, and therefore we're not going to be able to fulfill the law of Christ. You, you follow me? Um, anyway, here's your challenge. Here's the call to action. Um, and it's got two parts. This is not rocket science. It's pretty straightforward. But the first part is, is to help carry one another's burdens. Duh. Okay, this is why I get paid the big bucks. Uh, the, the, best, the, the best way to really help carry one another's burdens, and, and, and I, looking across this church, there are some great burden carriers in this church. Uh, the problem is, uh, like, they're the ones who are really trying to carry so many people's burdens, it becomes overwhelming to them. So the, the best way to truly carry one another's burdens is to be in smaller groups of community. That, that help to carry burdens for that group, that, that community. Uh, the journey groups are the best place to come alongside each other and share burdens. Uh, I know several folks in our church community, some of you here now, who are really going through troubled waters right now. And, and, and it's, it's difficult to expect that those burdens are going to be helped with when you're not a part of more intimate community with others. Um, and vice versa, it's going to be a lot harder for, for you to help support and carry other people's burdens when you're not in close-knit community with others either. Um, it, it's difficult to like, find somebody else's burdens to, to carry when, when you, you don't know what they are. Uh, and so, uh, so I really want to encourage you to uh, start looking around you uh, to fulfill the Galatians 6-2 command. Uh, do, do it this week. Look, look for somebody this week, who's in maybe a closer-knit circle of your life uh, that you can help to carry, uh, help to bear the load that they're carrying. But here's the second part, and for many of us, this is going to be the harder one. Um, allow others to help carry your burdens. Consider this, something uh, Dr. Brenny Brown uh, said at a leadership conference I attended a while back. She said something profound uh, that just stuck with me. She said, in effect, uh, we can't help people carry their own stuff if we aren't able to ask for help when we have stuff. She went on to describe what's going on in our hearts if we're the type of person who is unwilling to ask for help. Um, and, and it's not a pretty picture what's going on in our hearts, if that's the case. She basically said uh, that, when, that, that you're judging yourself for asking for help, thinking that you're not good enough or not strong enough to do it on your own. And when you're judging yourself, then, then actually deep down in your heart, when other people need help, you're either consciously or unconsciously judging them too. And you've attached judgment to the need for help. Uh, you see, there, there are plenty of us who are more than willing to help others, but we find it very difficult to receive help ourselves because we derive our self-worth unhealthily from our ability to help others but not need it ourselves. And, and not only is that passing judgment rather than loving your brothers and sisters in Christ, but if you've somehow attached shame to the need for help, then it will be very, very difficult for you to let God carry the burdens in your life that only God can carry. Get this, if you can't let others help you, then what makes you think that you can receive the help that God offers? And there's one burden that if you try to carry on your own will result in what the Bible calls spiritual death. 
The, the Bible teaches that your sin is a burden that separates you from God and that there's nothing that you can do on your own to get yourself out from under that burden. You, you cannot carry that sin burden yourself. Even if you try, you are still stuck under the weight of that burden. And consequently, you are living in spiritual death. The only way to have spiritual life is to allow Jesus to carry the burden of your sin for you. And that's just what he did uh, on Calvary, on the cross. When, when he died, he carried the load of sin that you could not bear on your own. That's, that is great news. That, that is the good news. He carried what you couldn't carry on you. He carried what you couldn't carry on your own. The sin burden, he took it away from you and carried it for you. And get this, if you're living your life, though, in such a way that refuses the help of others because you think that makes you weak or shameful, then where does that leave you with God? It, it leaves you in spiritual death. Now, I believe it takes um, a very strong Christ follower to be humble enough to admit their need first before God, but also to share his or her needs with his brothers and sisters in Christ. So this week, I just want to encourage you to take some practical steps to not only be in Christian community where you are helping to carry the burdens of others, but open to sharing your own burdens and, and allowing your brothers and sisters in Christ to help carry those weights. Amen? Uh, let's, let's pray together. Jesus, uh, I want to thank you for your church community, for the gift of others carrying what we cannot carry on our own. Thank you for the, the story after story after story of the church coming around people in this room and helping to bear a burden. Thank you also for the times when, when we have lovingly challenged one another to grow and mature and become more like you such that burdens today are loads tomorrow. Lord, thank you for your brothers and sisters in Christ to restore us from sin, to meet our most practical needs in our darkest moments, and to be there to support us when we can't support ourselves. Jesus, it's clear to me that, that your church lives this out purely and simply because you modeled it by carrying what we ourselves could not carry. You took the sin that weighed us down in spiritual death, you carried it to the cross, you exchanged it for life, life in you. And God, I, I just want to pray right now for those who are here today who have traditionally, just in their life, uh, refused help out of a sense of shame or fear or, or, or judgment. And I just pray for that person here today to receive not just the offer of, of help and support and encouragement from others, but really, truly to offer your offer to carry their sin and, and consequently to bring new life in you. And Father, I pray that here in the Troy UMC community that we could truly carry one another's burdens as we live out your law of love in this church. Lord, we need each other and we need you. It's through Christ we pray. And all of God's people agreed and said amen.